You have found the Training Camp Report. I'm Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson. We are the regular crew on the drive, but we're doing a little overtime throughout the month yeah. of August. Of course, uh, joined in this first hour by Mike Pursuta of WDVE as well, uh, talking all things Steelers, all things NFL, all things football, uh, as we uh, gear up for the 2020 NFL season. And um, the 2020 NFL season looking a little brighter for the Pittsburgh Steelers here over right. the last uh, last few days as we uh, got a chance to talk to Ben Roethlisberger today. Uh, Mike, you and I were on that conference call with Ben. We both asked, uh, asked him some questions. That was the first time we've actually gotten a chance to – you guys had him on DVE one morning, right? We did. Yeah, but that was his first opportunity or the first chance for everybody to sit down and, and ask uh, him, uh, pepper him with questions, and, and he said he was nervous about it. You know, I was amazed, Dale, and uh, you and I have been doing this a long time in terms of that locker room deal and, uh, you know, standing around on Wednesday waiting for <laughs> Ben's day and that that mass interview, which so often uh, degenerates into nothing. Uh, what do you the, think the, of that the, Bill's uh, defense? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, a lot of times he doesn't want to do it, and a lot of times he gets stupid questions, but – I you know, he's sitting there. I, I I thought he was half kidding when he said he was nervous, but but he half wasn't. And, I think he was. Uh, I mean, you could kind of tell he was. He made some jokes, was, though, too, throughout it, you know? He did. He was talking about, you know, thinking about his answers, which I wasn't going to let him get away without that, <laughs> you know, get away with that without, without responding to it. But, you know, calling everybody by name and uh, just how engaging he was. And not that he's a terrible interview, but sometimes – uh, you know, the, there's a lot of responsibilities on a quarterback, and sometimes he'd rather not uh, have to deal with what he has to deal with. I'm, I'm not trying to criticize him that way, but I just thought he was actually enjoying himself today, and uh, the energy was uh, bleeding out of my iPad. I mean, uh, he, he even went to you know to the degree of uh, one of our colleagues. I won't mention his name. Couldn't couldn't get his thing unmuted to ask his question <laughs> and and ben is trying to explain it and coach him through it no you know that little microphone with the line through it just click on that you'll be i i was blown that away was by good, the guy yeah. I, he just um uh, talk about announcing your presence with authority uh dale and matt uh you know i i can understand why steelers fans everywhere are hearing uh, what he had to say today or or seeing it on Twitter or something like that and just losing their minds because, uh, boy, it couldn't be any more positive, uh, you know, for, for a, a pandemic training camp than, than listening to and seeing Ben Roethlisberger uh, make the presentation that he made today. Yeah, I, was, I mean, it's the, big, it's the biggest off-season acquisition, I'm using air quotes on that, um, in the AFC to me. I mean, you can talk about uh, his talk, return. Yeah, his return is the biggest acquisition in the AFC. No, I'm not going to argue that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> tough to. I mean, too. I mean right. it, 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 they had him for six quarters last year. I mean, yeah. you know, you you need that guy on the field, and uh, you know, we talked about it yesterday. It doesn't necessarily solve all the ills, but it sure doesn't hurt him. No, and, and Mike, do you get the impression too? I I was on the call, but I listened to it that. He missed the game, you know, like it, it, the game means a lot to him and he was away from it and is is really excited to get back. And I'm sure over that time he thought, you know, thought, thought things through and things he did in the past, he might change slightly or, you know, I, I just got the, the feeling that he truly missed being a part of it all. Matt, I think that is a great point. I think it's spot on. 
you know, we were on with Mike Tomlin the other day, and uh, what was that last week, Dale? Thursday. Yeah. And and uh, when when the session ended, he went out of his way to say, "Hey guys, I know you're up against it too, and if you need anything from me, just reach out. We'll try to help you out." Uh, you know, the Steelers have done several of these Zoom things ever since everything got put on hold, and I, to a man, everybody has been really. Uh, engaged and and wanting to do it at least that's been the impression and uh, i do some other sports as well baseball and hockey and i've noticed that uh, globally to use a mike tomlinism i think everybody is longing for a little bit of the way things used to be and that even includes god help us all dealing with the stinking media but uh, <laughs> man, that was, that's great that was a lot of fun today I, I i'm not sure i was you know what i was expecting but uh, he blew me away today. That's off to him. I got to agree job. with you, Mike. And it, it was good. Here's the thing, too. I mean, we haven't had an opportunity to talk to a lot of the veteran guys. We got Cam Hayward at one point during the off season, uh, but most of our Zoom calls have been those those rookies and the young guys, uh, and they don't know what they're looking at here. They don't know what this is all about. And, and they oh, don't by know the what way, sure, this right. is this is Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, this is perhaps the biggest sports story in. It's certainly in Pittsburgh today, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe in the in the country, you know, him coming back, a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback, uh, getting back onto the under the field and talking to the media and stuff, and 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 you're right. I thought he enjoyed it. I thought he had fun with it, and he does that from time to time. He he has loosened up in that regard with all that stuff. But um, you know, I I get it when you you know you're in a, you're in the middle of November. And it's you know you're getting ready to play the, the the Cincinnati Bengals, and it's the same questions you just played them three weeks ago, and and you get the same questions. I can get why guys can get ornery uh, in certain in those kind of situations, but um, you know for him, you know he hadn't talked, uh, he hadn't had an, an interview like that uh, since last September. Wow. And you know I think you see this. How many times have you seen this, Mike, over the years, where we had guys who were a little ornery? Uh, when we had to talk to them, and they come back, and they're like, man, I kind of missed you guys. <laughs> I mean, I can think of that that happening with Greg Lloyd uh, a, a few years ago when I think you and I were talking to him, and he talked about that. You know, I, I, I miss talking to you guys. I miss being – it's it's almost like you miss being relevant. Yeah, not a lot of shelf life there with Lloyd, as I recall. But, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> For a moment, at least, he did miss it. But, yeah, and I hope I was clear initially. I, I don't think Ben is bad with the media at all. No. Uh, I, I think he's excellent after games. Uh, I, I don't like him as much when they lose because he feels like he should just blame himself. And, and I think a lot of the times he, he takes too much of the, the blame because he feels like that's what the leader does. And I'm not saying he's wrong about that, but, you know. Uh, somebody somebody fumbles the ball four times and he says, "Well, I got to play better." Okay, whatever. <laughs> sure, uh, sure. But but yeah, those those Wednesday things get a little stale, and uh, you know it, it doesn't do us a lot of good sometimes. It doesn't do him a whole lot of good sometimes. But today was uh, fun and hopeful and enthusiastic and optimistic. And these are a lot of words I haven't used in about four and a half months, guys. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. And you know it, it is. You know, it does, as Randy Feekner said when we talked to him last week, seeing Ben Roethlisberger behind the center or under center or however you want to say that um, does bring back some normalcy to everything. I mean, we we saw it all last season. You know, you jump him back and forth. It's it's Mason Rudolph this week. It's Duck Hodges the next week. It's Mason Rudolph for the next two weeks. Then Hodges is back in there. And while that was an interesting story, 
you know, there were some interesting storylines there. Um, you know, they weren't a great football team without Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I think to your point, Dale, uh, if you want to capsulize last season in, in, you know, one snapshot, well, I guess snapshot's the wrong word, but one afternoon, it would be that Jets game <laughs> where Hodges started and then Rudolph came in and then by the end Hodges was back in and everything else crapped up around those guys. Like it just, you know, one one too many holes sprung in the dam and they couldn't, yeah, they couldn't the, stay The memory I have of that game, and I'm sure you remember this one, is that the fan who was there who had a Hodges jersey on, when Rudolph came in, he pulls his Hodges jersey off and, <laughs> yeah. and, and he's got a Rudolph jersey on underneath. <laughs> so even the fans were feeling that a little bit. It was like the, the holes in the Three Stooges boat just trying to claw, you know, put their thumb in them. That yeah, game, though, became, I want to ask you, Mike, because I, I don't know. We want, I know we want to talk about Ben, but that game to me, Dale and I talk about this a lot, was one of the most unfortunate things that have happened all year to me because I thought Rudolph came in and looked like he belonged in that game. And I believe if he finished it and finished out the season, not only would you know the, the season ended differently, but I think the perception of Rudolph would be much, much better by Steeler Nation, too. I thought he was really good in that game. Pretty small sample size, though, No right? doubt, no doubt. I mean, he did not play long, and, it, you know, his best pass was a really stupid coverage by the Jets, at, you know, bringing pressure at the wrong time, and he just had to lob the ball down the sideline and get a touchdown. But he saw um, it. He did see it. Um, <laughs> you, you know, my, my uh, concerns with Mason Rudolph last year, um, and this – we'll go back to training camp. I thought he held the ball too long. And I thought that uh, Josh Dobbs turned everything into uh, a scramble drill. Mm-hmm. And those guys didn't work on their strengths, which was, in Dobbs' case, just throwing the ball. And in Rudolph's case, you know, throwing it quickly, getting it out of his hand, making a decision and letting it rip. Um, I think he still waits for guys to get college open, which can you blame him with what went on at Oklahoma State? I mean, God, they had guys running all over the place. Just, <laughs> you know, find the one that's uncovered. But uh, – We'll see. Um, you know, he, he got a lot of experience. He got some tough experience. And uh, if he's a battler, he'll battle through it and, and he'll get better. But uh, I'm sure uh, everybody associated with the Steelers hopes they don't find out in the game situation for a long time whether or not he's going to be better the next time because uh, the big guy's back. And, yeah. And, uh, and I don't want to harp you know, on Rudolph because really Ben is a story. But I also think mentally he'll be light years ahead of last year. But you were mentioning things that worry you about him. You know, you said how he holds the ball. He waits for people to get college open. And that worries me double with him because he's not a great athlete. You know, I mean, he's not light of foot. He he isn't great buying time on his own. You know, I mean, he, he moves around the pocket well at the college level. And he has some of that. But if you're not a top athlete at that position now, you're behind the eight ball compared to most of these quarterbacks. Another good point by you. You must have had some scouting backgrounds or something. <laughs> uh, and, not, but you know, yeah, and speaking of that, the other thing that concerns me is uh, I'm not sure he's as accurate as he'll need to be, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure you fix that at the NFL level. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not writing anybody off yet, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I think no. that's something that can come with some more confidence. Um, you know, you start to see things a little quicker, and you're not, you're not holding the ball quite as long. Um, you know, that was one of his calling cards in college was accuracy. But um, getting back to, to Ben, a um, lot of interesting stuff that he talked about today. Mentioned that the surgery that he had was to repair uh, three torn ligaments in that elbow. 
Um, not Tommy John surgery uh, that the people, a lot of people feared, uh, but also not something that uh, we've, we've probably ever seen somebody come back from. I think Jake Delhomme had a similar injury, but he also had the Tommy John injury as well. So, um, you know, the people who are saying, oh, he can't possibly come back. He's 38 years old. I'm not ready to say that. I don't. Uh, again, when we when he, when he's talking about this and, and coming in there and saying, "Well, I wanted to prove people wrong," uh, you know, I want to show that that I didn't want that to be my last moment on the field. The lasting memory of me was walking off the field holding my right elbow. I believe him. There's no there's not a doubt in my mind. I mean, he is a guy who likes to take on challenges. Yeah, and I guess we kind of buried the lead here a little bit because uh, you know talking about plural Lombardis, yeah, and uh, his, his yeah, determination that. to not just to come back, but to you know come back and 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 play and do some things and accomplish some things. Um, I don't know, you know, I I don't see him as a guy. I don't think he's going to become Tom Brady, Matt, where uh, you know he'll start dinking and dunking when he no longer has Randy Moss and he can no longer get the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. But that may be a ways yet before he cannot throw the way he wants to. Yeah, I mean, I think he's really interesting compared to the other Hall of Fame level old guys around the league. You know, the Brady's, the Breeze, the Rivers, the Rogers. Because other than Rogers, I think Ben was gifted much more. He's a much more gifted guy than those guys. He's a better athlete. He'd be a better basketball player. He'd be a better softball player. He throws the football better. He had more gifts than most of them. So he may have been a little later in life of switching from bronze to brains that all quarterbacks have to do. But I think he's proven, and even going back to the Arians to Haley era, that the the team realized that had to happen too. You can't just run around like crazy and be the best athlete and guy on the field and expect that to work. So I do think he's adjusted his game well. Um I guarantee, though, I mean, unless his surgery is a flop, that he throws the ball better than Rivers, Brady, Breeze at this point. Yeah, I, you know, that was another thing that came up today. Uh, somebody brought up uh, Kevin Colbert's, uh, you know, theory that he uh, expressed a couple times in the offseason. You know, what if Ben comes back not just what he was, but what if he comes back better? And uh, Roethlisberger his certainly didn't body's going to feel that. better. Um, but uh, when when you start talking about these athlete quarterbacks, I think one of the reasons why he's been able to be something of a dinosaur uh, in that he's uh, a drop-back guy in a move quarterback game now is he's still so hard to tackle, and, and he's still so mobile in the pocket. And, uh, you know, he's, he's not going to be Lamar Jackson or Patrick Holmes, but he's not going to be easy to sack either. And that's really the – you know, the whole mobility point, the, the yards that guys can gain with their legs are great, but it's buying the time with their legs to be able to throw the ball that makes them elite. And uh, he should still have that capability. Oh, I would think so. Uh, sacks are often a quarterback stat. And, you know, he he avoids them well so many times last year. Those quarterbacks would just run right into a sack. That is, uh, of course, uh, Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. we got the Mike Pursuta here as well. You're listening to... The training camp report. We're talking uh, Ben Roethlisberger after he spoke to the media today. We're going to continue on that subject in uh, all things Steelers. We'll take a break. We'll be right back after this.
Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson and Mike Pursuta. You are listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. And uh, not only did we talk to Ben Roethlisberger today, we had our first opportunity to talk to new quarterbacks coach Matt Canada as well. And, of course, those two guys uh, will be very much uh, intertwined yeah, sure. throughout this course of this season. And, and Mike, uh, I, uh, you know, I know everybody is fired up to see what Matt Canada can add to this offense in terms of the pre-snap motion and the, all that all that stuff that he likes to do at the co- like to do at the college level, but they also need to tap the brakes just a little bit because the Steelers are going to run an offense that is catered to Ben Roethlisberger. They're not going to suddenly reinvent the wheel here and start running the uh, you know a spread. Look like the Ravens. Yeah, or anything, this right? is not going to look like the LSU offense or something <laughs> like that. No, it's not. But it is intriguing. Uh, it, Let's go back to what uh, Ben Roethlisberger had to say today. He talked about uh, Coach Canada was brought here to help with the misdirection game. And, you know, that's not to say they're going to become a misdirection offense, but a little wrinkle, right? A little novelty, a little a little something-something here and there, a little uh, coloring outside the lines as, as far as they've known them for years. Uh, that can't hurt. Randy Feekner uh, seemed very excited when we did uh, his Zoom session about bringing in another voice and a guy he knows – and uh, a guy he respects and, uh, you know, uh, what what Matt Canada might want to bring to the table might be different than what Randy Feigner might want to bring to the table. That's how Feigner explained it. So uh, Canada was downplaying all that stuff today. I don't, I don't think when you're a longtime college assistant and you get your first NFL job, uh, you want to come in and say, yeah, well, we're going to do this, this, and this because of me. <laughs> change all that, yeah. This, but this winning organization, a, I'm just going to set it on to you, right? Yeah. Start all but he'll have a voice, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, that's that's what they do with everybody. Everybody has a voice. I know, uh, you know, that's the way that the Steelers, you know, run their, their offensive and, and defensive stuff. I mean, you, you get a position coach that comes and says, hey, I think this will work this week. Um, you're going to do that stuff. But the other point, part of the equation and this is something that that uh, Ike Hilliard talked about yesterday when he said that you know when he was hired by Mike Shanahan in Washington, Shanahan told him, "Look, it it takes uh, it, it's going to take you about three years to learn my offense completely, oh, learn sure. the offense." Um, you know, expecting a, a sudden transformation from the Steelers' offense in 14 days. Uh, with 14 days of pra- padded practices, is just not going to happen. And there's an old dog new tricks thing there too. Yeah, <laughs> right. There is, but I, I, you know, I am not opposed, uh, and I know this doesn't uh, happen often in the NFL, but boy, every once in a while, I like to see somebody just draw something up in the dirt and, and make it happen at a critical time. And a uh, little creativity never hurt. No, uh, it's, it certainly ha- not. I, and I do expect them to have some wrinkles in there, but it's not going to be, uh, you know, jet sweep motion on every play. And, and uh, you know, let's, let's, uh, toss out for a bubble screen, uh, you know, off the jet sweep. You know, any of the stuff that, you know, they're expect people are expecting. Uh, uh, Sweeping the Steelers, wholesale yeah, changes. That, yeah. People, people are expecting to see the Pitt uh, 2017 or 16 offense, whatever year that was. Uh, they're probably not going to see that. Yeah, we're probably not going to see James Conner rush the passer either. This just <laughs> They'll just be happy but... to see him run with the ball in his hands. <laughs> But remember the old uh, Mike Malarkey, Ken Wizard Hunt days? You never knew what you were going to get sometimes. That's true. That's yeah. true. And, not, that, and, and I think that this team is because of the continuity that they had, something that we talked about yesterday, it will be easier for them to add things to the package than it might be for most teams 
Because there's already something in place. Yeah, mean, because they've already got it. Yeah. They've already got the foundation there, and so yeah, they can put drapes yeah. on. You know, right? Yeah, right. That's. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what kind of impact he does have. Um, probably though, guys, it's more for the other quarterbacks, right? Uh, first and foremost, I mean, Ben's going to do what he does, and and Feekner's still going to be the boss uh, as he interprets what Mike Tomlin wants to see done. But at least now they have a, an extra hand and an extra pair of eyes to to really work with the guys that uh, we just spent some time um, acknowledging that we're not really sure what they have in uh, Mason Rudolph or uh, Devlin Hodges or uh, even Paxton Lynch. Yeah, I, well, I, mean, I think all those I think all those guys will be involved. I think two of them will be on the team, and one of them will be uh, either on the practice squad or kept around as the quarantine quarterback. But, uh, you know, uh, based on last year, guys, uh, I no longer uh, go into a season thinking, oh, I'm never going to see this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Let, let's talk about what your, your last point there, Mike. If you are a head coach this year, and I think Bruce Arians was the first one to bring it up, and I hadn't thought about it at that point. But about a month ago, he said, we're thinking about keeping a quarterback uh, at home, keeping him quarantined, one of the ones that, you know, somebody that knows the offense, but we have to keep him, you know, away from the facility in case, you know, the other two or three guys, however many you have, all happen to test positive. And, and I think there's some – I think there's definitely something to that. Absolutely. I mean – it just uh, you're not paying attention if you don't think that's a distinct possibility that you could wake up one morning and your your world is upside down. The rug has been pulled out from under you. You got to have some kind of fallback option, do you not? I I, I can't imagine teams won't do that. Uh, it, it's different, but you know this is a different time and it's uh, it's adapt or be left behind time. Uh, you, you you don't want to go into a game not having any quarterbacks available. No, you do not. <laughs> Mike, you mentioned earlier you're, you're dialed in with hockey and baseball as well. And if you don't know any of the answers, don't worry about it. But are, are there are either of those sports doing things like that? Like, I don't think the Pens are keeping their goalies apart or anything, are they? No, baseball has um, a, a three-man taxi squad hmm. that, that you can take on the road with you. I'm not quite sure what the rules are at home. They're, and if you're the Marlins, you take them to the club. Yeah, right. everybody has a much bigger tax, taxi squad. The Pirates have a bunch of guys in Altoona that they can bring aboard if, if there are positive tests. I think you're allowed to take three of them on the road uh, in case something happens. Hockey, uh, they have an expanded roster. Everybody's got, I think, 31 guys uh, that are in the traveling party. It and, used to be 25 uh, or? Um, 24, I believe, okay. Matt. Okay. Uh, don't hold me to that. Yeah. But uh, and, and, of course, in the playoffs every year, the NHL teams would expand and you, you would have what they call the black aces who are minor league guys who would practice every day, even though they knew they weren't going to be active on game night unless there was some kind of disaster. But yeah, they've always had, uh, you know, their feathers numbered for just such an emergency. What I think <laughs> Pay cool attention is when I'm talking to you, boy. <laughs> this just came out today, though, that the NFL changed the rule of, what is it, Dale? Only ninety minutes before you can put someone, grab someone off the practice squad, where it used to be four or five hours or something. It like used to be the day before. The, the day before, yeah, yeah, you had to be twenty-four hours, I believe, ahead of time. You had to make a move on Saturday. Okay. Um, now you have that a makes perfect bit more sense. Time. That's a good change. And one of the things that we talked about, Mike, Mike, is is uh, you know they have those extra four positions on the practice squad now because of the COVID rules. But what happens if your punter goes is is you know goes down on Friday? Or what happens if your place kicker shows up on Saturday and he tests positive for, for COVID? 
Do you think teams will keep an extra specialist on the on the on that practice squad? You if you're have asking to keep me, three, then. Dale, you know me. I don't care who punts. Uh, you know, kick it twenty yards. Right, look, look at Let look at the Steelers Super. Yeah. Look at the Steelers Super Bowl teams and look at the punters. True. The teams that won the Super Bowl. I mean, that, obviously that that wasn't a, a deal breaker. I don't care who punts. And if you don't have a kicker, be a man and go for two or go for the first down. <laughs> but quarterback, I don't think you could just uh, no uh, cow- cowboy up and get around that one. You better have a guy that knows. Well, what he's doing. And, and there's that long snapper thing. I mean, you know, Vance McDonald is their is their emergency long snapper. But as we've seen. Vance McDonald isn't always available, <laughs> so you know they. But there you can't be some use situation. three practice squad spots on a punter, kicker, and long snapper. You, you can't. I don't think you can either. Yeah. I think I, I yeah. think those guys, and there are guys out there, and maybe they don't do both super well. Mm-hmm. But at least you can maybe get through a game with them, kicking extra points or something, and you know punting the ball thirty-five yards. Right. If you had to. Yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah, um, but you just prep them up. You know. Yeah. You, you, and you. You guys have to practice long snapping after after practice today because we don't want to have James Harrison do it ever again. <laughs> and I think if memory serves, B.J. Finney was like the number three guy. Uh, you know, and so he's not here anymore. So they, they need to find that third long snapper this Somebody's year. Somebody's done it. Somebody's got to – somebody had to have done it. And, Maybe Wisniewski did it or something. Yeah, I, I don't know. If you don't – if you don't have one, go for it on fourth and five. There you go. Run a little, run a little misdirection jet sweep and move those chains, baby. <laughs> Mike, uh, it, it's still going to be another uh, two weeks before we're allowed in the the building to actually watch any practices. Um, but uh, certainly, you know, you're you're seeing news trickle out about all the opt outs and these kind of things, and uh, we have not yet heard any. Steelers uh, heard of any Steelers opting out? I think that deadline is now Wednesday or Thursday of this week. Um, but there have been some teams that have been hit pretty hard by that. Patriots, perhaps. Patriots, perhaps. Oh, yeah. Um, well, they have about seven guys, eight guys, and several starters. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, you know Kansas City's lost a couple of significant guys. Yeah, I um, I got no problem with anybody doing what they think is right for them. Um, a lot of these guys are giving up a lot of money. And, uh, you know, a lot of these guys can afford to do so. But uh, it's uh, – the, the the risk is real. Um, you know, I'm wearing my mask. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to crowded bars. I'm not sure you can go to crowded bars anywhere. Uh, you know, I'm trying to be smart and safe and healthy and uh, think big picture. And anybody else doing the same thing, uh, God bless you. I, uh, who am I to tell, tell anybody they, they must or must not play? Two that stick out, I mean, like you said, the Patriots, who no one around here is weeping for, obviously, and the Giants, who are first on the schedule, they both lost a starting offensive tackle. You know, like, there's no tackles on the street. <laughs> you know, that's a, th- a brutal position to get hurt. You lose a running back, okay, a lot of these nose tackles off and off out. You can find a big fat guy to stick in the middle of defense, but you can't find tackles. <laughs> you can find a fat guy to stick in the middle of the <laughs> Matt, you're being a little too technical. That's a scouting term. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. But, you know, that's why you have backups, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, you can't have uh, an emergency guy at every position, but, you know, pick the most important one and, and cover yourself accordingly would be my advice. Yeah, I mean, but we're seeing some some guys who were who were big money guys, uh, you know, including as Matt mentioned, um, you know, Nate Solder for the for the Giants, their starting left tackle opts out for the season. Of course, the Steelers play the Giants in week 1 
And I just wonder what that's going to look like for the New York football giants against the team that has led the NFL in sacks the last three years, um, running at, you know, what could quite possibly be two rookie tackles out there. That does not, that's not a, a recipe for success. Second year quarterback and a first year head coach. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, yeah, they got this down pat. <laughs> so what you're saying is uh, Bud Dupree and TJ Watt are going to pull hamstrings bolting past those guys on the way <laughs> to the quarterback. Very well could be the case, yes, for sure. Uh, but anyways, we're going to take a break. Uh, he is Mike Persuda. That's uh, Matt Williamson over there. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. We are bringing you uh, live wall-to-wall coverage uh, starting at 10 a.m. every day with Tunch and Wolf until noon. Uh, then Wesley Euler comes in and hops on at noon to 1 to get you through uh, that that lunch hour uh matt and i jump on for the drive from one to three then it's wes and arthur moats coming on from three to six every day and now we finish it off we're, we're betting clean up here guys that's what that's what we do we bring it on home drive in all the runs uh but we're going to take a break right now we'll be back right after this Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson and Mike Persuda. And uh, guys, uh, we had an opportunity to uh, to talk to Keith Butler late last Friday, Mike. And um, one of the things that we talked about with him, uh, and it's one of the there's an open spot in the Steelers' starting defense, yet there isn't. In <laughs> that it's it's Vince Williams ste- stepping back into a starting role at, at linebacker. We kind of talked a little bit about it yesterday, but. I, I wanted to get back to that a, a little bit here and, and talk about, um, you know, they, they didn't play him a lot last year for a reason. They wanted to get away from him on the football field a little bit. Uh, and I was I was told that, you know, they felt they were a better team with Vince not on the field. But I think they learned some things last year that showed them that maybe they're just a little bit better football team with him on the field. I thought And I thought he played well last year when he was on the field. I did too, uh, but I thought uh, having a limited role had something to do with that. Uh, yes, hmm. we'll see. I, I, you know, I don't think it's a huge deal either way because kind of like what we talked about yesterday. I, I don't expect to see him in the dime, and I was counting on seeing him in the base. So what were we talking about? Second and five, uh, you know, plays of that nature. But uh, uh, I, I would prefer that Mark Barron was still here. But I think you know when you're trying to arrange things under the salary cap at some point you got to jettison somebody that actually makes some money right you can't right. just keep redoing every deal so uh, I get why they were in the position that they were in and I don't think it's going to matter a whole lot if Devin Bush is as good as I think he's going to be yeah and it's an interesting conversation but I you know it's something we often say is teams tell you what they think and part of me maybe it's extreme optimism or because I was really fond of what he did in the preseason wonders do they have hopes that Ulysses Gilbert can be a guy I mean a a regular guy and go past Williams and that Williams is just holding down the fort for a little bit kept hearing that name uh yeah over the course of the offseason did we not and I couldn't tell if that he was doing that well before he got hurt last year or if they were kind of pumping his tires and trying to set him up to, hey, kid, you got an opportunity here. Be ready for it, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, stay tuned. I mean, uh, 
uh, I, I'm certainly not convinced that he is uh, a star in the making, just waiting for the right time and the right opportunity. But he really hasn't uh, had much of an opportunity to prove himself either way. Um, I one thing I, I, I'll repeat what I said yesterday on Vince Williams. I would like to see him continue to be used as a pass rusher, uh, whether that's from uh, the linebacker spot or even if they line him up as one of the one of the front four. Uh, you know, we saw. Uh, more of those defenses where everybody's kind of walking around and nobody had their hand in the, on the ground or one guy had his hand on the ground. Uh, let them let him kind of juke Model around a little yeah. and then mm-hmm. see if he can find a lane that he can exploit and go for it. Uh, he right. gets to the quarterback, man. He's, he's good at that. One thing I, I will say, Mike, about uh, Ulysses Gilbert, uh, he is much more like Devin Bush than they had in a situation in 2017 when Tyler Matakevich was the backup oh, yeah. to, to to Ryan Shazier, and that was their that was their fallback plan was to go to Tyler Matakevich, and I remember hearing that in training camp and going, well that's not going to work. That's He's a, not the same kind of athlete that is that guy. That's a bit of a drop. That's a bit of a drop off athletically. <laughs> I, I think at least athletically Gilbert is in the same class as Bush. Now maybe he's not quite. The overall athlete or overall player is Bush. He's not as explosive, but and, he's got. You know, but right, but, but he's he got run. some. He's got some coverage skills. He's got the ability yep. to run in space. Uh, so I think it's a much, it's a much easier transition, or at least it's a much more uh, plausible transition in saying, "Yeah, we're going to have Tyler Matakevich as our top backup." And if Vince Williams goes out, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. If it's if it's your athletic guy, that's not good. See, I'm more in the camp of I want to see Gilbert and Bush together, you know, that really get some speed on the field. Let let Gilbert be the Baron. Like it. Yeah. I like it. I mean, that's, I, yeah, that's optimistic. Know, but that's and you know, if offenses are getting more athletic and quarterbacks are getting more athletic, you gotta keep pace, right? Mm-hmm. Um I like your point guy. about Williams as a pass rusher, though. I mean, there aren't a lot of true second level players that can walk down on the line of scrimmage and beat a tackle, you know, in a pass rushing situation. And he can. You know, I mean, there's a difference between being a good blitzer who times it up that beats up on a running back as opposed to being a good pass rusher. And he's a good pass rusher. Yeah, we've even seen them at times, you know, when they're doing backs on backers or they're doing some pass rush drills where they'll let Vince Williams go in there and work against a tackle mm-hmm. just to, because he wants to do it. He wants yeah. – and he can do it. You know, he's it's, it's it's an interesting combination of physicality. He's got some size to him. Uh, he moves okay, and he's got experience now, and he's a pretty driven, uh, maniacal type of player. And I think that all, you know, you throw that all in the pot and uh, pass rush stew ensues. Oh, he's maniacal all right. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't given this any thought, but is there any chance he gets the green dot? Just because experience, or do you just want Bush to always be on the field and to always be that guy? They did talk about they, they, you know, one of the reasons why they, they, one of the things that Butler said about him is that Vince is a great communicator. Right. right? right. I think ideally they want that to be Bush because Bush is going to be on the field all the time. Sure, and it's his job to take over the defense. Right, and that's why you go up to the tenth pick in the draft. But yeah, I think that's happening sooner rather than later. I had a conversation with uh, Jerry Olsaski last year. We were talking about. Bush as he related to pass coverage and how he had to get better at that and how he wasn't going to be an every down player but sooner rather than later they want him to be not only an every down player but they want him to be the guy and mm-hmm. you know the 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 rallying point of the defense the the leader or one of the leaders and I know we got Cam Hayward on that defense and a bunch of other good players but uh that that position just is uh 
you're in the perfect spot to, to be the guy around which the defense revolves and, and the guy uh, to whom the defense looks. And uh, I, I think it was a great move to trade up to get him. Uh, I think despite uh, his poor uh, upbringing, and, upbringing and what he had to endure being uh, improperly prepared as a collegian, uh, you know, he, had, <laughs> he was behind the eight, behind the eight ball and during what he had to endure in Ann Arbor, Michigan. But he's pretty good anyway, and I think he's going to be a great player. Do you see any reason why he couldn't take that step? Or I wouldn't? do not. Yeah, I don't really. Either. Unless, well, here's the thing, uh, and one of the things I talked about with Jerry O. You know, he's not going to get any taller, right? Right. So the the pass coverage challenge is going to be as as it was explained to me, is he has to be able to read it and use his athleticism to beat the guy to the spot and get positioning. Mm-hmm. And then and then you can defend it. So I, I mean I bet uh, we his whole gonna, car- I bet his whole career we see six five tight ends pluck it over his head. Uh, but, you mean like this well, by the head. same token, he's been five you know, five eleven or whatever he is his entire life. Sure. Like well, Mike not Hilton, his entire life, but right, obviously right, right. his entire you know, high level playing life. So Yeah, he this kind of is shot not- up as a sixth grader. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, to your point, Mike. I mean, you know, he, I, he, he is as you know, he's he's not quite the athlete that Shazier was in terms of the, you know the size and that package. Uh, but speed wise, he is. And I think in terms, of, I think the instincts we're going to see get better and better as, as he plays more. Bingo! Yeah, he's really yeah. intuitive. He's really instinctive. He's got that advantage of having a dad to play in the league. And I think that's know, huge. I hope I- I hope everybody understands I was kidding before about the Michigan thing. And the, I don't know, think you were. You were. <laughs> the, the poor upbringing. He's got an advantage because his dad was in the NFL. I, I, the Steelers have really been uh, tapping into that source, uh, whether you're talking about uh, Devin Bush and his dad having not only played in the NFL but played for Keith Butler, believe it or not, uh, as a safety in Cleveland. Uh, you know, the, the, the Watt brothers situation where – uh, you know, one of the, the JJ blazed the trail, and the other ones had something to follow and emulate. Uh, I, I think that's an incredible advantage when uh, you have inside information. It's probably one of the reasons why they don't really have inside information in the stock market. Otherwise, everybody would win. And you can't have that. No, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I think that uh, they have tapped into that market uh, of getting guys with the resumes, with the pedigrees, I should say. Yeah. And and I think it does matter. I, I really do. I think. You know, there's somebody we're forgetting too, right? There's another uh, NFL tie. Oh, it was Nooski. Yeah, yeah, was uh, another guy that you bring in and has two watts that. too. Yeah, yeah. two watts. Yeah. Um, you know, the brother combinations that they have that yeah. you know you can you can call your brother up and say, hey, what are you seeing here? Uh, you know, Terrell that, Edmonds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Edmonds brothers. Played, his dad played his dad the, played the yeah, NFL it, as well. So they have tapped into that uh, a lot. Cam Hayward's dad played the NFL. Yeah, I think Mike mentioned him. <laughs> oh, did we? Yeah. I missed that one. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but I thought I was being smart there. <laughs> we know that's <laughs> not a true. lot of radio. Today. Yeah, we know that's not true. But <laughs> I, I do think there is something to that. That you know, you 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 know, when you have a guy, uh, we saw it. You know, in, especially in an off season like this one, where guys aren't getting the opportunity to train like they normally would. Right. You know, I, we talked to Devin Bush earlier in, in the off season. He's talking about how he's there with his dad. And his brother and the, you know his dad's there helping him through this whole thing. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Dude. That's like having an extra coach there living with the kid. And it makes you so you don't slack too. I mean, a lot of us would easily put your feet up and be like, "I'll take today off." Yeah. Well, no, you're not. Or dude. the Watt brothers right, are all right. back. They're all back in whatever Wisconsin. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. living to, you know t- together, and they're all p- pushing each other during workouts. Yeah, it's helpful. 
you know. whatever Wisconsin. That's a, that's a real town, I believe. Uh, it's some Indian name. It's near yeah, Milwaukee. Yeah, something with a double. It's like Winnicosha or Milwaukee or something. Yeah, <laughs> something like Not that. Not much else to do there. <laughs> Get in shape. Well, well, uh, well described by you, Tim. Well, I don't know if you've ever been to Wisconsin, but I have. I have. The whole yes. state is the whole state is whatever Wisconsin. <laughs> By the way, you know, I once asked uh, I once asked T.J. Watt if he ever went cow tipping, and his reply was, "He goes no." <laughs> he was a little offended. A little offended. <laughs> What's wrong with cow tipping? <laughs> so I come from a small town, but it's not that small. I mean, if you if you haven't tipped a cow every once in a while, it's. What's... I thought cow tipping was a myth. Oh no! You oh, can no. you can oh, you no. can push them over. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. uh, you got to hit him. You got to hit him right. You, you got to hit him right. I could imagine to deliver a rising the, blow. Can I would imagine the Watt brothers are, are strong enough to deliver such blow. Good pad level. Yeah. <laughs> pad level is important. It's also important to, to get the get out of there after they, they go down. They don't like it so much. No, not so much. Yes, and those hooves are sharp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, could would, you tip would a bull? If you were standing there asleep and somebody just blasted into you, you'd react in negative fashion, would you not? I would. My wife says that I am not fun when she wakes me up, so I can only imagine. You know, cows seem like mild mannered folks, though. Hey, are we on the air in whatever Wisconsin? <laughs> <laughs> only on, only on Milking Day, Mike. Only on Milking Day. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was all made up by tipping cows. But uh, I thought that was like a, a, that was like a snipe line. And he said they had a main street and it had everything you need, like uh, a furniture store, a Stuckey's, and and I forget what else he said, but it was like three things. Like a general it, store. It sounded like they had McDonald's, I think, was the other thing. But and his, his dad was a fireman there, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I can't imagine they have a huge fire department, but, uh, no. you know, Mr. Watt is, uh, you know, running the fire truck there and, of course, uh, put out three, <laughs> three pretty good athletic sons, too. So. Most importantly, yes. Yeah. So uh, that's amazing. I, I did, uh, you know, just to digress a little bit here on the Watts because I like the subject. But uh, I, I did a program story, Dale. You're well familiar with those uh, on on TJ Watt last year, and it kind of became a how the heck do three guys from the same family get get to get to the NFL? And everybody forgets that JJ Watt, the Badgers didn't want him initially. Right, he was in Central Michigan. He, yeah, he was at Central Michigan as a tight end, and they wanted to make him a tackle. And he didn't want to do that, so he went to Wisconsin and walked on and then exploded. But uh, TJ said his goal, you know, kind of following uh, in the footsteps, he just he, he wanted to make the varsity team, and then he wanted to start on the varsity, and then he wanted to see if he could get to college, and then he wanted to see if he could start in college. And then it just sort of became a progressive uh, thing. And uh, uh, his, his whole deal is he, he's not one of these guys – who will, like will never have a beer or never eat anything bad? You know, some of these guys are Dale. They count potato chips in the cafeteria, right, for crying yeah. out loud. <laughs> uh, but he's he's a big uh, believer in hydration and getting your sleep. I'm a big believer and, in sleep myself, and I don't get nearly enough. But uh, not in the I same way. I get very he's... little, and I don't. <laughs> my doctor's been on me for years to drink more water, and I don't do it. But uh, you I drink mean, liquids. He's got. Yeah, but it doesn't count if it has hops and stuff in it. It's got to be water, water, not, you know, whiskey and water. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, light beer has got a lot of water in it. Yeah, but it's got other stuff in it, too. It's, just not, it's not what they're talking about. Along yeah. those lines with J.J., though, I mean, T.J. really hasn't been an edge defender that many years either. I mean, he was a tight end not that long ago, too. Kind of forget those things. Yeah, yeah he, did, just, he did make that transition. to the athleticism. Year, yeah, yeah. 
Speaks to the athleticism and uh, just the football savy. Mm-hmm. Like those guys, could, you know, Rod Woodson could have played anywhere, right? Right. Maybe yeah. Not a oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, Troy Polamalu, uh, his uncle, when I talked to him in the spring, said he thought Troy was going to be a running back. And yeah. Bill I White. mean, he would have been a example. great running back. But, sure. Great example. Yeah. yeah. So you, some guys are football players and just tell them where. Yep. There's no doubt about it. But, uh, Mike, we're going to let you go. Uh, we appreciate you stopping by as we do. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Uh, we got labs tomorrow too, so it's oh, a yeah. it's a big rolling. day for us here uh, with Matt with Matt and I. But uh, we appreciate you stopping by. That is uh, Mike Persuda of the DV Morning Show, and of course uh, Steelers dot com and and uh, the Steelers uh, pregame uh, radio network. All that good stuff. You can always hear Mike, and he always brings it every single time uh, with some good stuff there. Uh, we're gonna take a break. He again is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You are listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with the uh, Training Camp Report along with Matt Williamson. And, of course, uh, PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They help bring us all these training camp reports and all the, the good stuff that we do here. And, uh, Matt, um, we, we mentioned this, we referenced this uh, this list earlier today on the drive, but we didn't get all the way into it. Yeah, right, right. Um, the, uh, the athletic uh, rank, the offenses around the league – uh, in terms of what they think they are right now mm-hmm. at this time. And, of right. course, this could still change with opt-outs and everything else that's happening. Yeah, next couple of days. Uh, but they have the Kansas City Chiefs as the number one rated offense. Last year, they had them as the third rated offense last year. I don't know how. At this time of year. Or maybe year. that was where they finished ranked at because they, they, didn't, they didn't have Patrick Mahomes for right. a few weeks. I mean, like on a per-play basis, Dallas ended up number one last year. Right. You know, so maybe that is how they ranked. Um I think it's pretty indisputable, though, that they they would be number one on just about any board. But interior of the O line took some took some hits, and I know Damian Williams is a special player, but he's a quality I thought he should I thought he should have been the MVP of the Super Bowl. Last yeah, year. yeah. I mean, I thought so he had an outstanding game. They have all the things you want, you know, tackles and quarterbacks and receivers galore. But I mean, they're not perfect. No, they're not perfect. I don't know that there is a perfect team out there. Mm-hmm. The Ravens, who were last year's number one offense, according to these rankings uh, fall to number two, and I think they've got a pretty big hole at left guard where Marshall Yonda is now at I home agree. and retired. I think he – is he another one – did I see he lost a whole bunch of weight? Was he one of those yeah. Fanica type you – know, I think yeah, he, I think he dropped like 40 that. pounds or something like that. I think you're right about yeah. that. I did read that. Good and, for him. I mean, yeah, a lot of those yeah. guys don't like carrying It that does much. tell you that he ain't coming back. He ain't coming back. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. It's a good point. Uh, I think they would also be two for most people. I mean, I would guess that the league – Catches up to them a little bit, but they have so much team speed. Their quarterback's a very special player. Uh, they can attack you in a lot of ways. They're hard to prepare for, too. They are. There's no doubt about it. Uh, they have the Saints, number three. They finished fourth okay. last year. That's a good offense. They added, uh, if you look at it, uh, they have it add uh, um, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders, Sanders right. to, the, to, the, to the group as well. So now they have a legitimate number two wide receiver, although – We'll see what he has left in the tank. I thought, yeah. he, I thought he played well in stretches last year for the 49ers. Yeah, and he won't be asked to do a ton. Right. But, I mean, it, it was crazy there. And I, I wish I had the numbers in front of me. But the the targets and catches between 
Michael Thomas and the number two receiver on that wasn't team. even in the same area. It was like code. 130 targets difference. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, they were, it was they were the most reliant on right. one guy of any offense in the league. Right. So just adding some a quality or an NFL starting type receiver like Sanders, it's going to help. Yeah, the uh, Cowboys fall from two to four. Uh, they okay. did have three losses on that offense. Uh, center Travis Frederick retired. Randall Cobb leaves. Uh, Jason Witten goes to the uh, Raiders mm-hmm. as well. It's kind of surprised Jason Witten went anywhere else. I know. I, I thought he'd it's go weird. to Booth or something. Yeah. Right. I, I don't. Maybe he's taking. Maybe that's a move by Gruden to uh, hey, hey, we don't want you in the booth anymore. Come here with us. Where well, this is where all the guys are fr- who used to be in the booth, we all come here. Yeah, as I was say, I was going to make the joke <laughs> that maybe him and Mayock and Gruden are he's going there to learn how to get to the booth. You know, from those dudes. I don't know that he's a big loss. Sure, you can move the chains, and he's reliable. But he knew he run, where he was going to be. He runs yeah. like a dad. Yeah, you know, no, there's right. no doubt. Yeah. Right. But then they add C.D. Lamb. Yeah. They had the Seahawks fifth. I don't. I mean, I'm curious who's right after them because I haven't looked at the list. 49ers. I think I'd have the Niners ahead of them. I think so as well. But we say that, and I thought Russell Wilson played the best quarterback in the league last year. Yes, I, I agree. And I think Metcalf is better than I expected. They have a plethora of so-so tight ends, too. The line's not great. But Wilson carries a lot of weight in a conversation No like doubt. That. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I mentioned the 49ers are sixth. The Cardinals bump up from Ooh. 13 to 7. I know they added DeAndre Hopkins, but... And I do think Kyler Murray is an improving, exciting player. And they ran the ball really, really well last year. But, but man, that seems a little rich. Yeah, that offensive line line's to me bad. is still bad. Yeah. I get some. By the way, Marcus Gilbert is Marcus one Gilbert of those is opted off, out. Yeah. yeah, former Steeler. Should have mentioned that. Yeah. Um, Weather's getting bonkers. The out Colts there. Yeah. go from 19th to eighth with the big addition of Philip Rivers. I'm sorry, I'm not buying that either. Me neither. I mean, I get that the line's really good. I think you and I like Pittman an awful lot. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor's a closer that they yeah. need. You never know what you're going to get out of rookie wide receivers. Sure. Rookie I, running backs a little more. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can bank on that a little bit more. But Rivers, I mean, if we were just talking about who's going to score the most points this year, they wouldn't be in my top ten. No, I don't think so either. And, and T.Y. Hilton, who's their best receiver, has already opened the camp on the pup with a hamstring. And he's, I wonder if I the, think they have yet to win a game when he doesn't play. I know, it's huge, yeah. it's huge. Uh, the Titans are ninth. They were sixth last year. Different style. I mean, I believe in Tannehill. I, I think he's a really good offensive coordinator. I think A.J. Brown's going to be a star. Johnny Smith's one of my breakout players. But they don't protect real well. I mean, they play a certain style. You know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, the Raiders. Hmm. The Raiders, who finished ninth on this list last year, are 10th this year. So I feel like Carr gets too bad of a rap, but that doesn't mean he's great. No. <laughs> you know? I think he's a, he's he's like the new version of Andy Dalton. He's a league average mm-hmm. quarterback who, right. eh, okay, you're always going to be looking to replace him, though. Probably. And he's got more ability throwing the ball than Dalton, but... I like their weapons now. I mean, uh, Waller's a good tight end. They have a lot of speed at receiver. They have a good line. I think Jacobs is a star in the making. Again, that seems rich. I agree. It seems high to me. That seems a little high to me. Uh, The Buccaneers at 11 last year, they were 22nd. I was either thinking I'd have them over. I would think I would have them higher just because they're not going to turn the football over, Mm -hmm. you know, 40 times from the quarterback position. I don't expect Brady to play like one of the best players in the league or anything, but he'll get the ball to Godwin and Evans and Gronk. And, you know, I think that'll be a good offense. Uh, The Eagles go from 14th last year to 12th this year. Okay. Uh, I mean, they now have receivers. I might be higher on them, too. I think Miles Sanders is a good player. It was really, really Really bad. bad. Yeah. 
Um, they did lose Brandon Brooks, though, in the yeah, that hurts. That I don't know if Jason Peters played guard. Yeah. Uh, Green Bay goes from 8th to 13th. They'd be lower for me. I think they would be lower from my list, too. Uh, they still only have one receiver. They have one receiver. Yeah. And I love Aaron Rodgers, but, boy, he hasn't been an elite player for a couple years now. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, the Falcons go from 15th to 14th. Hmm, I that, might have them higher. I don't think they'll run the ball a lick. I don't think they will either, and that's, I think, what holds them back mm-hmm. a little bit from being a, a top-rated offense, which takes us from the, to the Steelers at 15. They were 32nd last year. Well, yeah, they earned that. <laughs> so I don't obviously know if they that were 32nd, though. Uh, obviously, 32nd? The Jets were pretty bad. The Jets were bad. The Redskins? The Redskins were pretty bad. Steelers were, I mean, you, you saw I guess snap. if you're looking at the last three games of the season, what which is where these rankings, I mean, you had Hodges out there for the last three games. They scored 10 points in each one of those games. But right. Yeah, 32nd. And there's, there's some other teams out there that I don't know. <laughs> I might have the Steelers higher than some of the names you listed there, too. I, I think that's a fair ranking for them at this point in the year. Mm-hmm. I think they'll climb that. I think they finish somewhere in the top 12 at the very least. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would bet I on think them they, to I don't think they finish in the Indy. top I don't think they finish in the top five, but I think they're in the top 12 somewhere. I do, too. You know, like yeah. I would take them over Indy or the Raiders. or I mean, I don't see a lot of weaknesses with the, the offense either. No, I, do, I don't either. Yeah. Uh, the Lions come in at number 16. I'm pretty high on that I one. I think that's going to be a pretty good offense. I do, too. Yeah. Uh, I, I would have them much higher. The Bills at 17. They were 21st last year. I don't love that offense. No. I, I like Stephon Diggs I a like lot. I like some pieces of yeah, it. Yeah, I just don't trust the quarterback. And I don't know that their offensive line is necessarily – it's okay. Great. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, an, it's an okay line. The Browns come in at 18 after being 20th last year. I mean, that's that's scheme-driven to me to have them that high. You know, Baker was a lot better off play action last year. They didn't do it much. He was much better with double tight ends last year. They didn't do it much. Well, Stefanski will, but I'm not sure that Baker's an above-average quarterback. Yeah, I don't know that he is either, and that's, yeah. that's a problem. Uh, the Rams come in at 19. They were 17th last year. Mm. I think I'd have them higher, too. The uh, the, the genius. Yeah, of, uh, they yeah, have they're... a lot of receiving weapons. Yeah, I, I they do, but, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I like Akers as a running back. I think it right. could be better, but they, they, the line's going to play better. Goff is the thing to me holding them yeah, back. Yeah, that's holding back a little bit. Yeah. They need to run the ball better because it all stems from that, and that, that fell off last year. I guess I would have them right in the middle the more I think about it. Yeah. Uh, the Houston Texans were 16th last year. They're 20th now. Uh, we talked about this on the drive today. I don't think they'll run the ball at all. Johnson and Johnson are both receiving backs. They don't run the ball well at well. I just picture Watson. Can Watson – will Watson be their leading uh, rusher this year? Maybe. I mean, Carlos Hyde had 1,000 yards with them last yeah. year, though, too. But I mean, he'll – I mean, Watson will probably run for about 400 yards this yeah. year. Yeah. I just picture him in the shotgun with four wide. They have receivers. I mean, they don't have a stud anymore. And he's just going to chuck it all over the place and run. And I think that offense will be pretty good. I think their defense will be horrendous. Yeah. Uh, the Vikings were 10th last year. Mm. They're 21st this year. I'd be lower. I, I think their line's below average. They have one receiver. The one receiver thing's a problem. That's a, that's an issue. They do have yeah. a great running back, which helps. They do. And I like Irv Smith. And Cousins is fine. Yeah. But but it's not a dynamic offense. No. And they have to play a certain way, too. Right. And if they get you know behind, it doesn't work out real well. Uh, the Giants, who the Steelers opened the regular season with, uh, were 23rd last year. They're 22 now. they got um, skill players. They've got some skill players, but, man, that blocking is going to be an issue. And They've been working on it, but it's still young. You get after older. a young quarterback, it's going to be issues for them. He doesn't value the football very well either. Yeah. I'm not a Daniel Jones believer. Uh, the Patriots were 11th last year, which I think is a gift. 
Right. You can't tell me that offense at the end of the season was more, that much better than what the Steelers were running out Pretty there. Pretty bad, right? And they're twenty third right now. Uh, they'd be low. They'd be in the bottom third for me for sure. Uh, the Bears finished last year twenty fifth. Really low for me. They're twenty fourth. Their line stinks too. No, yeah. everyone always blames Trubisky for everything, and he's not good. But their line's junk. I like Robinson and, and Miller, Robinson. The, the, the two receivers. Yeah, uh, but. That's Montgomery's about not a special player. Yeah, that's the, about it. No, I, I don't think Foles helps hardly at all. I, I think that they'd be really low for me. The Panthers finished 28th last year. They're 25 now. I'd have them very high. I think they're going to be much higher than that. I don't, yeah, I don't right. know that I'd have them very high. But I mean, yeah, compared to this yeah, neighborhood. But I think that they're better than these other teams. Off- they're better than the Bears offensively. Oh, yeah. I mean, Just Christian, Christian McCaffrey alone makes them a better right. offense. DJ Moore yeah. and Samuel and someone improved line. And I think the key is Brady, the offense coordinator. I think he'll scheme things up in a very Saints-like manner. And Bridgewater showed he can do things in a Saints-like manner. Yeah. Uh, the Bengals were 26th last year. They're 20, or 29th last year. They're 26th now. It's a tough one. I don't know about that. Right. I mean, that, that's a, that should be an incomplete. It should be. You and I talk about it. We both like Burrow, but throwing a rookie in a week one. The 14 this, practices. Right. It's going to be it's gonna be a train wreck for a while. Yeah, they got they got skill guys. He but. could be he could be the best rookie quarterback in the history of rookie quarterbacks, and he's going to struggle early in this year. No, he's got to. Yeah, he's just going to be swimming, and his blocking probably won't help him. Yeah. Uh, the Broncos finished 26th last year. They're 27th now. People are super excited about Drew Locke. I'm I think not the, I mean, I, I, I like the skill guys. I, yeah. like, I like Melvin Gordon. I like, you know, They've speed Portland now. Sutton. And, yeah, you, right. you went and drafted Jerry Judy. Noah Fanta, mm-hmm. a weapon perhaps at the tight end position. They just lost their right tackle. But the quarterback is, is, is an issue. Right. Uh, he started four games last year, averaged 204 yards passing over that stretch. I think five games. They went four and one. Yeah. And everyone now thinks that he's Elway. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, 28 is the Chargers after finishing 12th last year, and I don't know how they take that kind of fall. No. They've got skill position players. Oh, yeah. Line's a little better. The line's a little better. Tyrod Taylor is a le- at least a legitimate NFL quarterback. I don't know that he's a lot worse than Rivers. He's not going to throw <laughs> 20 interceptions to Philip Rivers. No, and he's going to make plays with his legs. They'll yeah. run the ball well there. I mean, um, they'd be much higher. Yeah. Jacksonville's 29th after finishing 24th last year. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. The Jets at 30. They finished 31st last year. Yes, would have them down there. The Dolphins are 31st. They were 27th last year. Yeah, and maybe they get a little better, but that's just a work in progress. Yeah. And then finally, the Washington football team. They were 30th last year. They are 32nd right now. I guess they'd be my 32nd, too. I don't dislike Haskins. I thought he played a little better down the stretch, but... He doesn't move well. They don't have much in the way of weapons. I really like McLaurin, but that's about it. That's about it. Yeah, they don't yeah. have. A, I mean, their tight ends are horrendous. The line's not so good. Yeah, they'd be thirty-two. Yeah, it, it's just not. Uh, I mean, when you look at it, uh, Dwayne Haskins uh, six point seven yards per attempt last year is not mm. great. It's no, you know, and um, he's a pocket passer. Like he, I, <laughs> you, you know. If, if you're a pocket passer, you gotta have, you, gotta you gotta drive the ball drive the ball field. down the field a little yeah. bit because yeah. you're not gonna run the ball. I know Everybody it's really that. early to write the book on him, but there's a couple guys like him that I hope go somewhere after their first contract. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe even here, maybe even come here. You know, but he, he has not been brought along very well. No, we'll I agree. I agree. Uh, anyways, uh, he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers. Um, no, actually, we're not listening to The Drive. This is what not The Drive. I'm, right. I'm locked in the zone now. We're, this is the training camp report, baby. This is completely different than The Drive. <laughs> oh, completely totally different. different right. Totally different. 
Yeah, you, it's not the same show whatsoever. <laughs> uh, anyways, he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lolly. You are listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. We are going to take a break. We will be right back after this. And we are back here with the training camp report. Uh, as I mentioned before, this is, these are brought to you by PNC Bank, the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Matt, uh, for one of your new uh, your new gig at the uh, Pro Football Network. Pro yeah. Football Network. Yeah. I, don't know, I keep forgetting that yeah, one. That's all right. Uh, you broke down uh, the safety position in the NFL. You ranked the top twenty five yeah. safeties in the league. It was a lot harder than I thought. Yeah, there's a lot of good football players yeah. at that position. Even though it's become a, a, a position where the we see a, a glut of guys on the open market every year, not all of them get signed. Mm-hmm. One of the guys that you had on your list here is has been a free agent practically every year over the last like four Trey years. Trey Boston, he's yeah, yeah, Trey right. Boston, and he's he's on this list. He's at number twenty three. So let's just run down your list here. Yeah, Adrian, I know we don't have a lot of time. Adrian yeah. Amos at, at uh, twenty five of the Packers. He switched uh, from the from the Bears to the Packers mm-hmm. last year. Penn State guy. Yeah, uh, Malcolm Jenkins of the Saints at twenty four. Right, he's probably might fall off that list. I mean, yeah. he's, he's going the wrong direction. Uh, Trey Boston, who we mentioned uh, by the, for the Panthers, mm-hmm. he's number twenty three. Darnell Savage, uh, number twenty two. So both Packers safeties on there. And somebody asked me the other day if if Ryan Shazier doesn't get hurt, what happens then with the Steelers? And I said, well, you know, they, don't, uh, yeah. they don't do this, they don't do this. And Tra- Darnell Savage is probably a Steeler right now. Yeah, he might have been. I think they liked him a lot. You yeah. and I liked him a lot. He had a little bit of a rocky first year. He's still learning, but boy, he flies around the He field. flies around. Yeah. yeah, you see the speed. He's one of the youngest guys on the list, too. Uh, at 21, you have Marcus May of the Jets, probably a name mm-hmm. that not a lot of people recognize. I think they will with Adams gone, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number twenty, Landon Collins of Washington. I think he might be the highest paid safety in the league, and he's he not. was recently yeah. right. He's a nineteen eighty five thumper. Yeah, twenty years ago, he's a great. Yeah, you love right, having him. Right. Uh, nineteen, you have Patrick Chung of the of the Patriots, and he has opted he's out. He's opted the season. out. He just he's one of those guys that it's actually funny. I didn't realize there's like four or five pairs that are gone here. Yeah. I, there's two two Patriots, two Packers. <laughs> Excuse me, but he, he's done everything over his career for them. Uh, 18, Jimmy Ward of the 49ers. Yeah, he's their deep middle yeah, Earl Thomas type. Player, yeah, 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 they re-signed him. 17, Buda Baker of the Cardinals. Loved him coming out a few yeah, years ago in the draft. Yeah, very active, right. Uh, 16, Jordan Poyer of the Bills. He's the first of two Bills. Yeah. And those two never get talked about. They're a really good pairing. Yeah, he and Micah Hyde, the, yeah. the, uh, the pair He's there. coming up here soon, too. Yeah, good uh, pair of good players. Uh, 15, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson of the Saints, another st- player that the Steelers uh, liked uh, yeah. a lot a couple years ago in the draft. He plays it's, a slot. He's the youngest guy on the list, actually. they got a steal in him. Yeah. Uh, 14, we mentioned Micah Hyde. There he is of the Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills. Good pairing. Second uh, best pairing I have on yeah. the Bills. 13, uh, Justin Reed of the Houston Texans. Um, I would disagree with that one just a little bit. If you remember early in the season, or uh, a couple months ago, I did a comparison of of the the guys drafted in that 2018 draft who weren't hmm. named Derwin James or Minka Fitzpatrick. Okay. And he misses quite a few tackles. He does. Yeah. It's a bit of a problem. He's a really good athlete. I think that defense is going to be really bad. 
I'm not saying I wouldn't have him in this top 25 somewhere, but maybe not at 13. I hear you. The guys around him are pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, 12, Earl Thomas uh, of the Ravens. Yeah. Probably lower than a lot of people think he should be, but that's more— He's still a good player, don't get me wrong, but he ain't what he used to be. He's not what he used to be, And he's not the deep middle all the time anymore either. Yeah. Uh, 11, Devin McCourty of the the Patriots. He's done everything for them. He plays man coverage against Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Uh, 10, Eddie Jackson of the Bears. He was awesome two years ago, and I still think he's a great one. It, it, I think I wrote in there, I can't believe he's all the way down to 10. It's, yeah. These guys in front uh, of him I mean, are really this, good. I mean, this top 10 is, is really solid. They're not household names, yeah. but they're young, and they're up and coming, and they're a really good group. Uh, Marcus Williams of the Saints at number 9. Mm-hmm. He's a deep middle, but has a lot of range, too. Yeah. 8 is Justin Simmons of the Broncos. He was their franchise they franchised player. franchised him. Yeah. Right, right. Absolutely. Uh, 7 is Harrison Smith of the Vikings. He's a perennial all-pro a great type, one year after kind year. of guy. And what's crazy is his I had his, his teammate, his Anthony teammate Harris, right. number 6. Um, a, a former undrafted guy. That, that, yeah. Uh, his, his, Tons of range. Yeah. Very athletic. He's really come into his own. I'm sure he's learned a lot from Smith, but they're a great pairing. Number 5, you got Jamal Adams. And, and I can't disagree with that when you look at the guys ahead of him because the, the thing that those four guys ahead of him do is take the ball away, and mm-hmm. Jamal Adams does not. My hunch is when that comes out tomorrow or the next day, You're I'm going to get, get a grief. lot of – Yeah. From two different teams. From two different fans teams. from two different and the LSU yeah. folks and yeah, I mean I'm saying he's fifth and these guys ahead of him are pretty darn They're good. They're all pretty solid, but yeah. he doesn't take the ball away and he's not as good in coverage as these other guys. Uh, Kevin Byard of the Titans at number four, he very takes good the football. Ball away. He takes the ball away. Yes. Uh, three is Tyran Mathal of the Chiefs. Yep, yeah, we saw Just him a do it all kind of player. Absolutely, he could be a slot corner list as easily. Yeah, number two, Minka Fitzpatrick of the Steelers. Yeah, um, I think people know pretty familiar with his work around here. And then yeah. number one is uh, kind of a shortened body of work because he didn't play a lot last year. But you got Derwin James there at number one. And I don't think anybody else would, or many, not many would. But man, he's the freakiest of them all. And I just when I kept picking him out. Who do I want over this guy? I'm like, I, I'm not taking anybody over Derwin. <laughs> that's, he, that's a special specimen. Yeah. No, there's no doubt. I saw him at the Pro Bowl two years ago, and I was like, wow. What is that? Yeah, that right, guy's, yeah. I mean, he looks like a linebacker, but he runs like a safety. He can, mm-hmm. he can play deep middle for you. He can play down in the box. He can rush the passer. He can play man coverage. I mean, I thought his rookie season was awesome. Yeah. Just a, a tremendous, tremendous player. Uh, and certainly that, that list is, wow. Uh, this might be I know you know the the argument used to be you know Troy or or Ed, or Ed and you had Brian Dawkins at that time as mm-hmm. well and some other you know good players. This is I mean I think we're seeing a lot more of these hybrid type guys come into the league. I now. was going to say that too. Like I think since the Troy Ed conversation, Harrison Smith would be my strong and Earl Thomas would be my free, and maybe they're not quite to that level, but they're both really good players and they're on the back nine. But now there's eight of these dudes that are under 26 that do a lot. Yeah, and, and you know? just very good football players. Who, right. Uh, the best uh, is in front of a lot. Yeah, of and yeah, I think you're going to continue to see that given the state of the college game where you need these guys. Uh, sometimes they're, they're playing you know, a linebacker position down in the box mm-hmm. because the, the, the teams are going with lighter formations to, oh, yeah. to, to kind of offset what the offenses are doing with all these – that, yeah, spread formations. That that safety linebacker tweener word used to be a bad name. You know, it used to be a bad rap. It'd be like possession receiver or system quarterback. You know, like you, you didn't want to be labeled that coming out of college. Now it's like, well, he didn't. Now he's a positionless player, and we like him. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. Yeah, that's what you want. We want right. these position guys who who aren't defined by playing one position. Mm-hmm. And that you know, once again, you end up with 
guys who are you know edge or whatever yeah, when, yeah. when it comes time to talk about I'm actually uh, doing edge their contracts. That's going to be the hardest one, I think. That's, edge is, I mean, finding just 25 of those guys. I know. And I mean, what's funny is I, I did running backs, and then my editor, my new editor, is like, well, if you if you can't find 25 safeties, don't sweat it. And then I'm like, okay, maybe I'll only have 15 or whatever. I, there was easily 25 safeties. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I had no problem at all. I was like, yeah. boy, this is a better, deeper position Who than just I missed the list for you? Uh, Quandry Diggs. I actually wrote that on there that Amos and Diggs were. If, if I would have done twenty six, they were tied. Yeah, you know. And, and I mean, there's there's just a lot of good players. There's a lot in that of position. solid football players. There, and yeah. a lot of some of those guys are going to be free agents next year. Mm-hmm. You got just a lot it, of them are getting better. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting, a very talented, uh, deep position in the league. Uh, much like the, I mean, I think we're starting to see inside linebackers. That's gonna be my climb fourth that, one. Right. Yeah, climb that list as well. Again, the guys in the back end that we see a lot of. A lot more defensive players now. Middle of the field is very yeah. important. You know? Yeah. It's funny because I did running backs first. I had like Tevin Coleman and Marlon Mack as my bottom of the, my 24 and 25. They're not nearly as good as Adrian Amos. No. You know no he's I mean? been like to Pro I, Bowls. And, yeah. yeah. Running, I, I almost had like Duke Johnson on my list. You know, like specialty <laughs> players. Like I ran out of running backs quick. Yeah. No, there's there's no doubt that that's a, that's a deep list at the safety position. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take a break. We uh, we talked about that Ben Roethlisberger interview yeah. earlier uh, on the show. Uh, we haven't played it back yet on this show. I wanted to do that next for the people who didn't get an opportunity to hear that. And even if you did, listen again. It's good stuff. It's Ben Roethlisberger talking for the yeah, first on, time man. in a year. you got to <laughs> listen to that. Why not? We'll do that right after this. Steelers training camp media availabilities are presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that latest media availability was with Ben Roethlisberger, the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who was returning to the field yesterday uh, for the first time throwing. He talked about that, talked about throwing a little bit more today. Uh, Matt, we had a chance to uh, sit there and and talk with him. I wanted to play that back again, though, for everybody who didn't get to hear that earlier. Good stuff here. Here's what Ben Roethlisberger had to say. Hey, Ben. Um, hope you're well. Thanks for doing this. Um, quick question. I mean, could you go back to what happened specifically last year, you know, against Seattle? How long was it bothering you? What happened in that drive specifically? And did you sort of know in the moment that you were in real trouble? Well, Will, I'll tell you, um, it's uh, – I'm going to start with you. I'm very nervous, by the way. I'm not sure why, but it's uh, – <laughs> I haven't spoke to you guys in so long, so – Forgive me if I uh, if I take a minute to think about some of my answers, but um, you know specifically going back, I've, I've had a little bit of an injury in that elbow for for quite a few years, but just something I've kind of dealt with. Um, never serious enough to do anything with, but um, uh, you know specifically on that the the, the drive in, in Seattle, um, you know just kind of that that pain wasn't really going away, and I threw one deep one to Juju down the right side, and I just really felt. Um, a, a different pain and different dis- discomfort than I've ever felt. And it was kind of shooting down my arm. And so um, I knew something was different uh, at that moment. Okay. Next question. We're going to go to Ed Bouchette from The Athletic. Ed, go ahead.
All right, we'll circle back uh, to Ed. Next up is Dale Lawley from DK. Dale, go ahead. Oh, you be done? Okay, we'll keep going. Jerry Dulac from the Post-Gazette. Jerry, go ahead. Hey guys, I'm here. I just, it, there was a lag there on the uh, on the question. This is Dale. Go ahead, Dale. Okay, hey, uh, Ben, uh, sorry about that, but um, was there any doubt in your mind whatsoever after that happened, going through the rehab and, and doing everything that you were not going to come back or you were going to come back this year? I mean, were you, were you pretty driven during that whole period? Yeah, I was, um, you know, I, I knew it hurt and I knew that I had some options, but um, I just didn't feel like I was done playing football. You know, I, I really felt that I wanted to come back. I was excited about this team and, and I just, I just didn't feel like I was done. I don't feel like I'm done playing football yet. So um, if it was a thought, it wasn't a long one uh, to really stop. Thanks, Ben. All right, Devin. Okay, Jerry Dulac, you on here? Just to make sure. Jerry, go ahead. Yeah, I am, Bert. Um, <clears throat> hey, Ben, how you doing? Um, did, where Where is your arm uh, uh, relative to, say, August 4th? this time last year and what do you expect your training camp schedule to be hey jerry i thought we were gonna get a golf question but i guess i'll take football from you no, that's nice. um <laughs> you know uh my, my arm feels really really good we threw a lot of balls yesterday and um you know kind of waking up today to to see how it was going to feel and it feels great and, and that's kind of what i anticipated because we've been working more than usual in an off season in terms of throwing um, I've, I've, I've put together really a regiment of, of two to three days a week of throwing uh, for the last probably kind of two months, if, if not longer than that too. So um, I think the plan is still to kind of um, really kind of pitch count, if you will, through training camp. Um, I worked really hard yesterday in terms of a lot of throws. Um, I'll throw um, maybe trying to try about half that, that amount today and then tomorrow I'll just really back off again uh, and just kind of to see how it's going to feel. Obviously, this is a little different training camp because you're not really doing one-on-ones and you're not doing seven-on-seven -seven right now. So right now we're just building up and, and working on timing with receivers, tight ends, running backs, things like that. So um, I, I have had no setbacks. It feels, it feels really, really good. And so I, I'm really excited about that. Okay, next question is Brooke Pryor from ESPN.com. Brooke, go ahead. Hey, Ben, thanks for doing this. Um, in some of the recent photos and videos we've seen of you just over the last couple months, you look like you're pretty trim and, and close to being in playing shape. Do you feel like you're at your playing weight? And what was that process like just from, you know, maybe where you were late last year? I know in the past you've cut out sugar and carbs and things like that. What was that process like? And is it any harder to get in playing shape at, at 38 years old? Well, I, Brooke, I think the the knowing that I am a little bit older, it is, uh, it's important to make sure that you're in shape. And so I've had a whole, basically, usually it's just an off season of, of training. And even at that, I don't start right away because 
your body's usually worn out from the season and things like that. So I usually start um, the, 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 the training process later. And so having no football last year, I actually trained all during the season and then my, I didn't really have an off season. So um, I'm actually lighter than I've been since, you know, probably 13 years, 14 years. Um, and so just, I, I feel really good. I feel, I feel strong. I feel healthy. I feel young. If you, if you can feel young at this age. So I'm just really excited about the season and, and, and the, the group of guys that we have here. All right. Next question is for Mike Pursuta from WDBE. Mike, go ahead. How's it going, Ben? Hey, Mike. Wish you luck on that. Thinking about your answers thing. Hope that works out for you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Assuming you guys become the team you want to be, you've got the reigning champs in Kansas City on your side, pinball offense. Baltimore's the reigning division champ, pinball offense. Can you can you guys keep up with that theory, theoretically? I hope so. Um, you know, we've uh, we have to do whatever we, we have to do to win football games. You know that that's that's kind of the the most important thing. You know, it's throwing the ball if we have to. It's running the ball if we have to. It's misdirection stuff I mean we, we brought coach Canada in to, to help with some of that stuff and I think coach Ike is going to help in, in, in a lot of areas and, and really kind of giving coach Randy a lot of ideas and thoughts and help and so <clears throat> excuse me I, I'm, I'm just excited about where this this offense could go um, you know and, and I I mean it when I and truly mean it when I say we have to do whatever we have to do to win football games um, obviously as a quarterback you know you want to throw the ball it's, it's just natural but uh, at this point in my career, especially um, with the group we have, it it really can't be about anything other than winning football games and, and doing that however we have to. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Okay, next question comes from Missy Matthews from Steelers Media Productions. Missy, go ahead. Hey, Ben, thanks uh, for taking some time today. Um, you mentioned Ike Hilliard, and we had a chance to talk to him yesterday, and he basically said, you know, a wide receivers coach can never have enough time with a quarterback. Being that your relationship probably started virtually, now you're getting to see him in person. How do you kind of build that relationship so he knows what you're looking for, and also being that he has a very young room? You know, it. Um, he does have a young room. But the great thing about Coach Ike is that he's got experience, you know, both coaching and playing. And so uh, the best way for me to get to know him and to kind of get on the same page with him is just communicate. Um, we try and spend time talking um, both on the field yesterday a little bit, um, as well as in the meeting rooms and walking in between meetings and things like that. Just sometimes it's just little things. Today, I, I, jo I joked with him and asked what his rookie year was like 97 or that's what I say, 89 or something, you know, just just little things like that, just trying to have fun with with him and, and each other and joking. And, and then um, him asking me kind of if I cared about the rotation of the receivers in. And, and I asked him, you know, what his thought was on the rotate, just literally just communicating and talking. And, and I, I trust him that he's going to get those guys um, as ready to go as, as anybody could because, um, you know, he wants them to be great uh, as much as anybody. Okay, next one is from Joe Rutter from the Tribune Review. Joe, go ahead. Hey, Ben, how you doing? Can everybody hear me this time? Yes, sir. Okay. Hey, can you detail exactly what they did to your elbow, what surgery they performed, and have you known of any other quarterback that has gone through this exact time type of procedure? Well, I'm, 
I'm not a doctor and I did not stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. So I will do my best. Um, I don't, there's no real um, name for it. You know, it's not Tommy John's or anything like that. Um, there's, you know, flexor tendons that are attached to your elbow, uh, five of them, and I tore three of them um, off the bone. And so they just, they go in and they sew through the tendon and they reattach it to an anchor um, in your elbow. So um, as far as I am aware, I think it ha it's happened to um, just kind of everyday people on the street, if you will. Um, from, from what I've been told, it's never happened to a quarterback to this magnitude. Um, I believe, um, I can't think of it right now. I believe there was at least another quarterback that had at least one, maybe two torn off, but, but from what I understand, not three. So, but that's just, like I said, that's just what I've been told if I remember correctly. Thank you. Okay, next question, Mark Caboli from The Athletic. Mark, go ahead. Hi, right, Ben, how you doing? Hey, Mark. Hey, I'm sure, as you mentioned before, part of your um, motivation of coming back to win a championship, but how important is it for you to show that you can come back from a season any injury for the first time in your career? And uh, how important is it for you to go out on your own choosing rather than that last image of you holding your elbow uh, walking off? Is that, is that important for you? You know, Mark, I think any um, athlete, any competitor will tell you they want to go out on their own terms, right? Uh, and it doesn't happen um, all the time. We don't always get lucky, whether that's trades, cuts, injuries, whatever that is. And so um, I think if I had felt that I was closer to the end, I, I, it might have been more of a decision for me to you know, think longer about coming back or not. But I, I just I didn't feel that I was that I'm close to that yet. Uh, I'm not saying I've got 10 years left in me, but uh, I, I definitely feel like I've got some really good years left in me. So um, that was definitely a motivating factor um, was coming back and showing that that I still have it in the tank. I still have a lot to give this team. I still have a lot to give the fans. Um, and I still want to win Lombardi's. And I say that with a plural on the end. All right, next question is from Aditi Kinkabala from NFL Network. Aditi, go ahead. Hi, Aditi. Uh, so Ben, sorry about that, but um, as somebody who may be older than you, yes, you can indeed feel young at 38. <laughs> um, if you'll ignore the, the uncooperative people. It just sounds like I'm at home, that's okay. Awesome, that, that's <laughs> my goal here. So you're not nervous, right? No. Um, GM Kevin Colbert multiple times then said to us in the last year that he expects you to be better. He expects you to be healthier than you perhaps have been in the last few years. And after watching from the sidelines for a whole season, he expects you to actually have a new perspective. Do you think that Kevin is fair in both of those assessments? And the second part of it, in what way was watching from the sideline sort of helpful? I mean, what, after this many years of playing the game, could you really actually learn anything new in watching? Well, I can I can learn that I don't want to watch anymore. <laughs> I want to be out there. But, um, you know, I, I do think that I can can be better um, than I've been in the past. Um, you know, not dealing with a nagging elbow is, is, is definitely something. I'm not saying that it was every day that it bothered me, but um, to feel healthy, to feel um, more in shape, things like that, um, obviously you can't turn back father time and make myself feel like I'm 21 and run all over the field. But, uh, I think you can go on the field even at an older age and, and still feel really good. And I feel that way right now. 
Um, I feel mentally sharp, and even through Zoom meetings, as crazy as that sounds. Um, I think I was more involved um, also with Coach Randy and stuff last year, you know, when you talk about from the sideline, having the headset on, hearing the communication from the coaches, hearing communication from players. Um, you know, when you're playing, when you're on the field, when you come off to the sideline, you only have so much time really to communicate with receivers, running backs, linemen, things like that. And then look at the pictures and, and, and all the things that go into in between series. Last year, I was actually able to, to watch more because I could watch kind of the, the, the big picture, if you will. And then I was able to speak to more guys on the sideline and talk to them and communicate um, kind of what I, what I saw, what did they see. Um, so I think it, it, it was beneficial. Um, I think it, it kind of goes back in a, in a crazy way to when my junior year of high school when I played wide receiver and the, the coach was always like, oh, it benefited you as a, as a senior to play quarterback from playing wide receiver your junior year. And I never understood it at the time, but I think it, it does to a certain extent because you can see the other side of it. And so I was able to kind of see the bigger picture of just being a quarterback from being on the sideline last year. A few more questions here before we uh, let Ben go. Next up is uh, Jeff Hathorn from 93.7 The Fan. Jeff, go ahead. Hey, Ben. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Hey, Jeff. Um, just curious, how, how have you gone about trying to build a relationship with Eric Ebron and what could he and a healthy Vance McDonald mean to this offense? Well, I think that, um, having both those guys as playmakers on the field at the same time can create some matchup problems for a defense. Um, you know, we did it a few years back when we had Heath Miller and Matt Spath on the field. Um, you know, you kind of can dictate what the defense does or gives you in terms of personnel. If they want to match up. Um, then you can throw the ball. If they want to put smaller personnel to stop the pass, then you can run. You should be able to run the ball. So um, having two kind of dynamic weapons like that um, can still give you a lot in the run game. I think people sometimes get this perception that, okay, you've got two kind of skilled receivers. Um, you're going to use them just to pass. But um, I've spent some time with, I know Vance obviously very well, and, and spending time with Eric the last um, kind of few months knowing from both of them that they they don't want to be lumped into the bubble of just being receiving tight ends like they want to do whatever it takes to block to put their nose in the pile to run the ball things like that and I think that's encouraging because you know you know that they've got a skill set and that's passing especially Ebron catching passes but he wants to help this team however he can so I think we can utilize those guys on multiple fronts in, in terms of helping this offense and it's how Eric and I have gotten a kind of relationships just communicating. He stayed um, at my house earlier in the off season when we were throwing. And, and so we got to spend some time just sitting and talking and, and learning about each other. And um, he's excited to be here and, and I'm excited to have him here. And, and the other guys are excited to have him here too. All right. Thanks. Two more questions. Right, uh, Jim Wetzel from 247 Sports. Jim, go ahead. Hi, Ben. Hey, Jim. Hey, uh, hey uh, you uh, guys have an elite defense. You have a veteran all-pro line. You have playmakers all over the place, the quarterback. Yet your long shots at like 24 to 1, I saw. Is that like the ideal circumstance, all of that put together? Well, as you were naming things, I was going to say we just need a quarterback now. But, uh, you know, I think it's <laughs> I think it's fun. Um, I know a lot of guys like being on top and being hunted. Um, sometimes it's fun to, to be the underdog and to be overlooked. Uh, you're right. We, we do have a great defense and I'm excited about that group. And that, that was one of the big reasons I was excited about coming back. 
was to, to play with a group like that. They let you play more free as a quarterback. And so uh, I'm, I'm excited about that part of it. And obviously my linemen and all the skill guys we have. So um, it's okay. We're, we can be overlooked. It's the off season and um, no one knows what this season's going to kind of hold or entail. So, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to go out there and, and just give it everything we have and try and win a football game. Okay. The last question, Ed Bouchette. Ed, are you on? Ed. Going once. Ed, hit the unmute button. It's a little microphone with the, the like thing through it. Someone help Ed. <laughs> All right. We will go ahead with the last one coming from Albie Oxenreiter with WPXI. Albie, go ahead. Albie? Albie. Hey, Ben. Oh. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? You know what? I was trying to help out Ed there, so, so sorry for the delay. <laughs> All right, no problem. <laughs> Happy to fill in. Um, hey, Ben, are you uh, at all concerned about the lack of preseason games uh, for the team, but but more specifically for you coming off an injury and, and uh, your first taste of game action will be the real stuff? You know, I bet you'd never – think you hear a 17-year vet say that he misses preseason a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, I actually kind of was um, excited for it a little bit to get out there. I, you know, I don't know if Coach T would have let me play, but I would have asked him because I, I wanted to get in there and, and kind of get the feel of it again. Um, so it, it's definitely going to be different. I mean, knowing that the first time you're out there, it's on the line and guys are counting on you. So a lot more added pressure. I'm going to have pressure on myself, obviously, but uh, I don't want to let the guys down. So uh, I'll do everything I can to to make sure that that I'm playing my best or, or at least just not hurting the team when the time comes, not having that extra preseason stuff. That was Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger with the media earlier today. Uh, we had a chance to talk to him and uh, lots of good stuff there from Ben. Really good. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, we haven't even dug into all of it, but there's just so much there. And, and I, I really thought that uh, – um, you know, he was really good, uh, very, you know, very forthcoming with a lot of stuff. He always is with his injuries and those yeah, kind of right, things. Right, but right, it was right. good to get to the bottom of that and get dispel everything that was out there. No, it wasn't, uh, t you know, Tommy John surgery or anything like that. It was, I just thought his attitude was great and the way he came to the, brought it to the table and opened with, hey, I'm a little nervous, you know, and I think he was. I don't think he was – that was scripted or anything like that, and I think he's missed the game a lot. No, I think he has too, and so uh, yeah, good to hear from him. We'll get a chance to see him here in a couple of weeks. Can't wait for that. But uh, that's going to do it for this training camp report. So for uh, my partner, Matt Williamson, uh, for Mike Pursuta as well, we, who joins us in that first hour, uh, for Wesley Euler here on site keeping us on the air, I'm Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to this edition of the Training Camp Report on Steelers Nation Radio.